This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'd like to welcome y'all to the Destination Devi Podcast, hosted by Ray Garvin, your number one source for everything Devi and Dynasty Fantasy Football. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. If you'd like to take off your seatbelts, it's safe to do so at this time. We'd like to thank you for traveling with us today, and we hope you enjoy your flight. Welcome back for episode 10 of the Destination Debbie podcast. I'm your host, Ray Garvin, and you can find me on Twitter at RayGQ. Now, I'm really, really excited for this show because I'm going to dive into my favorite player in college football, my favorite prospect in the Debbie ranks, rising sophomore wide receiver out of Purdue, Rondell Moore. And I'm also going to dive into my favorite college football team, the USC Trojans out of Southern California. Tons of Debbie talent on that roster, and we're going to get into that. But before we do, a question that I've gotten on Twitter over the past couple of weeks is how I value Debbie picks in a startup draft. Now, right now, I am in about round 22 of a Debbie Dynasty startup draft. And for those of you who don't know how this works, you have your traditional draft or your your normal draft, however many rounds you have it, 20, 27 rounds, 30 round draft followed by a Devi draft. Now, for our league, we have a three-round Devi draft that will take place as soon as we get done. That's very important in how I value these Devi picks. So for me, and for, for most owners, you've got two groups. You've got some owners that love the thrill of the rookie. They love building their team from the college ranks, and they invest a lot of their early startup draft capital in younger players or rookies, and they try to acquire as many Devi picks as possible because they want to grab all the rookie talent coming out of college. You also have the owners who prefer the proven veteran talent to where they have no problem selling those Debbie picks. They're not really concerned with that aspect of it. You know, as long as they have something in the second or third round, they're fine. And then you got a couple that are sprinkled in the middle and they kind of want a mix of the veterans and the collegiate players in the Debbie draft. For me, I always have a tear break. So I am not opposed to moving out of the first round of a Debbie startup. I'm not opposed to it. If I can get back a startup first, a startup second, I'll package it up and I'll move that first round pick in, in the Debbie draft. No problem whatsoever. But there's always a tear break for me to where I will not completely abandon round one, but I have no problem moving back. I'll always move back. And in this particular draft that we're in, I had the startup 108 and the Debbie 103. I knew that I was going to build my roster running back heavy in the startup. Therefore, knowing what's in the 2020 class and the 2021 class, which is a strong running back group, I really didn't need to take a running back early. I didn't really need to take DeAndre Swift or Travis Etienne or Jonathan Taylor at the 103. 
And this is the strategy of Debbie. This is what makes Debbie League so fun. I knew that going in. So what I did was I held that 103 and dangled it out there. Anybody wanting to move up? Anybody wanting to move up for that 103? We can work out a deal. Ultimately, what I ended up doing is trading back from 103 to 107. I picked up an extra second round pick in the Debbie draft. We got a couple of extra picks in the startup draft, and I was just fine with that. Again, my roster was already built running back heavy. So I wanted to invest in the wide receiver position in this Debbie draft. I knew that going in. I wanted to target a Jalen Rager, a Rondell Moore, a LaVisca Chenault, a CeeDee Lamb, Tyler Johnson. So moving back from three to seven, that even puts me in a better position where I feel better about grabbing one of those wide receivers opposed to taking them or, or taking that prospect at 103. So for me, the way that I value these Debbie picks are... It's all how you build your roster and don't be afraid to move them, trade them, trade back, trade up. If, if you've got a guy that you want to get, don't, don't be afraid to, to move assets in order to get up if that's how you want to build your team. So always have a tear break, you know, it, don't, don't be opposed to completely moving out of the first round or, or moving that first Debbie pick and don't be so hell bent on that. You have to do it. I just think it's really depends on how you build your roster in the startup draft. So for those of you who don't know, after this year, there will only be a one-round Debbie draft. So this year in the startup, we have a three-round Debbie draft. Next year, we'll have a one-round Debbie draft that takes place right after our annual rookie draft. And we'll still have a rookie draft this year. The pool will be slightly depleted because of the startup, but moving forward, we'll still have a rookie draft and a one-round Debbie draft. So for those of you who are asking, how do I value those picks? Value them like anything else. You'll always have those who will want to come up and will give up good draft capital in a startup. And for me, if I can get a first, second, or third round pick, and all I have to do is move back a couple of slots or maybe trade out of the first and gain an extra second, I have no problem doing that. And you guys shouldn't either. We're trying to win now and investing a ton in these college prospects. It's just a risk. I love Debbie to death. I love college football, but it is a risk. Now, this week, our Debbie team preview takes us to sunny Southern California to talk about the USC Trojans. Fight on. USC led by Clay Helton, offensive coordinator Graham Harrell. It's supposed to be Cliff Kingsbury, but we know the story about what happened with that situation. Cliff is now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. But Texas Tech quarterback legend, passing yards leader Graham Harrell is coming to transform this USC offense that bodes a ton of talent. One of the best wide receiving cores in the nation, led by a true sophomore at wide receiver, a true sophomore at quarterback, five and four star recruits all over the offense. So I don't have a lot of time to dig deep into each one of these guys because there are a ton. So I'll just sort of hit on the high notes and what I think for Debbie Dynasty purposes, we should be paying attention to. So the prospect that has the most Debbie value right now is Amon Ross St. Brown, the rising sophomore, true sophomore wide receiver who isn't eligible for the NFL draft until 2021. Six foot one, 195 pounds, coming out of high school, he was a high five-star recruit, the 11th overall player in the nation. This past season as a true freshman, he posted a stat line of 60 receptions for 750 yards and three touchdowns. And yes, the last name may sound familiar, St. Brown. He has a brother who plays in the NFL, Equinemia St. Brown, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. And he's got another brother who is probably going to be a starting wide receiver for the Stanford Cardinals, also in the Pac-12, Osiris St. Brown. So he comes from a long 
lineage of wide receiver talent in that family. St. Brown is a very, very good football player. He is technically sound. He is not the fastest wide receiver. He's not the biggest wide receiver, but he has requisite size to be an, an alpha number one receiver at the next level. He's smooth. He's tough. He's fearless. And I believe that this season he's going to take another step forward on that Trojans offense. And that offense is led by another true sophomore. And ironically, it was St. Brown's high school teammate, JT Daniels. And JT Daniels was a high five-star recruit in the 2018 class. He was the 16th overall player in the nation. He is also 2021 eligible. So for those of you who play in super flex formats, I know Trevor Lawrence is the 101 uh, in, in 2021. And then you've got Justin Fields. JT Daniels is putting himself in position to be that third quarterback off the board in super flex formats. And depending on Justin Fields and how he develops, you can see JT Daniels being that second guy off the board. He's six foot three, 210 pounds. Last year, as a true freshman on an offense that was just a mess. And I'm telling you, I watched every game. It was like scratching your eyes out watching USC at times last year. He had a 59% completion percentage, threw for 2,672 yards, 14 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. I think that this season, with Graham Harrell coming in and having that quarterback pedigree as your offensive coordinator coach, is only going to help JT Daniels develop and ascend and become one of the better passers in the Pac-12. You've got Justin Herbert. You have Jacob Eason in Washington. So there's a lot of talent in the Pac-12, but JT Daniels has the skill set. He's got a, a, a very good arm. He's accurate. He's got mobility in the pocket. I really like his promise and potential. And there's something he, he was thrown in the fire as a, as a true freshman. That is a hard task for any prospect uh, to do. Even Trevor Lawrence, you know, we, we look at what he did and, he made it look easy at times, but that's just, just a testament to how good he is. But don't get it twisted. It is not an easy thing for a freshman, 18-year-old quarterback to come in there and lead a Power 5 school. But JT Daniels showed a ton of promise last year as a freshman, and we should be excited about him, especially in super flex formats. Now, moving down the line, let's talk about two more wide receivers from USC, Tyler Vaughns and Michael Pittman Jr., now let's look at Tyler Vaughn's six foot two, 185 pound, lanky wide receiver. He was a high four star recruit coming out of high school, 30th overall ranked player in the nation in 2016, and he is 2020 eligible. His 2018 campaign was a little down compared to what he did in 2017. 2017, he had 57 receptions for 809 yards and five TDs. This past season, he had one more catch, so 58 catches for 674 yards and six touchdowns. Vaughn's is a talented wide receiver. I was really excited about him two years ago. In this past season, whether it was the offensive woes, the ascension of Amon Ross St. Brown, he didn't do as much offensively. There were times where he just looked sort of disengaged, wasn't really in tune with the offense, but when he gets going and when he turns it on, this guy can make incredible catches. I, I'm, I'm telling you, versus Notre Dame, go look up. There's a catch versus Notre Dame where it looked like he just floated in the air and, and the defender just he just carried him into the end zone. He's really good with his body positioning and contorting his body and making those, those tough grabs. Because he's a little bit smaller, he's, he's a little bit lankier, um, he tends to get pushed around off his routes quite a bit. But when Bonds is locked in, this guy can make some plays. And... Right now, you know, in, in Debbie Mox, he's going 
round five, round six, round seven. I'm really interested to watch his development this year because I still think there's room to grow for Tyler Vaughn's. Now, across from him, another stud wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. And you, some of you may recognize that last name, Pittman. Yes, he is the son of Michael Pittman, running back of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and some other teams in the NFL. Very good NFL running back in his own right. He probably had the nicest and biggest biceps in the NFL at that time. I mean, I just remember looking at him like that. That's what a NFL running back is supposed to look like. And his son definitely fits the build. He is not a running back because he's six foot four, 225 pounds. He is 2020 eligible. 41 receptions for 758 yards and six TDs last year. Pittman Jr. is a damn good wide receiver. He's somebody who is not even being selected in the past couple of Debbie mock drafts that I've participated in, but I can definitely see him getting to the scouting combine, performing really well having that NFL pedigree in his background, he could be somebody that you can acquire off of the waiver wire after your rookie drafts takes place next year. Or if you're in a Debbie league now and you can acquire, you know, pick up somebody off the waiver wire, Michael Pittman may not be a bad flyer. He's got that prototypical size, six foot four, two twenty five. He's got speed, good hands. He's a tough wide receiver. And I think he's going to have a good season as well. Again, USC, has one of the best receiving cores in the nation, right up there with Alabama, right up there with Clemson. They've got a ton of talent on this offensive side. And there's some guys that I'm not even going to talk about because I don't think for Debbie Dynasty purposes, they're really worthy of, of giving them that airtime right now. The only other wide receiver I want to talk about is Brew McCoy. He's not eligible until 2022. Now, Brew McCoy was, I mean, he was one of the top players in the nation last year in 2019 class. Ninth overall nationally, five-star recruit, six foot two, 205 pounds, committed to USC, and then he flipped to Texas, enrolled at UT, was there for spring ball, didn't like it at UT, left, and now is back at USC. And right now, he probably is going to have to sit out this year unless there's some waiver that he's granted eligibility. Brew McCoy is going to have to sit out. But when you talk about a physical specimen at wide receiver, I mean, there were some talks about him possibly playing defense coming into college because he's just that physical. But Brew McCoy has all the talent in the world to be a dominant collegiate wide receiver and transform himself into a top NFL prospect. Again, he's not going to play this season, but I mean, he's going round five, round six of Debbie mock drafts, and he's not even going to play this year. He's not eligible until 2022 with, you know, Garrett Wilson, some of those other wide receivers. But Brew McCoy is somebody that Debbie and Dynasty owners, uh, Debbie owners and Debbie people who play in Debbie leagues, I know you've heard of the name, but Dynasty owners, that's somebody you need to pay attention to. Won't play this year probably, but Brew McCoy is somebody who's got a ton of talent on that USC team. And the last person that I want to talk about is a running back that I am still high on. It's like that guy you just can't shake, right? We keep going back to this prospect because they're so talented. There's there's so many tools in their arsenal that if he could just stay on the freaking field, Stephen Carr, running back, 2020 eligible, six foot, 205 pounds. He was the 20th overall player in the nation in 2017 five-star recruit. If this guy can stay on the field, I mean, he can run between the tackles. He's got speed. He's got agility. He's shown an acumen to catch the ball out of the backfield. 2017, 17 receptions, 363 yards. Last year, 15 receptions, uh, 384 rushing yards. 
he just can't stay on the field. Just injury, injury. Aka Cedric Ware took over last year. Stephen Carr has all the talent to be a, I don't want to say a difference maker at the next level, but definitely have a role. You can see him in that, what CJ Procise was supposed to be. And it might actually be a good comparison for him because both of them have a ton of talent, but just can't seem to stay on the field. But Stephen Carr is somebody that I'm really hoping can give us a full season of college football productivity because I think he will not disappoint college football fans, USC fans, and Debian Dynasty owners. Stephen Carr, write the name down. Remember it. He is a fantastic running back prospect. Keep him on your radar. All right, here we go. I had to go run and change my pants real quick because I'm so freaking excited to talk about this prospect. He is my favorite player in college football, rising sophomore, wide receiver from Purdue, Rondell Moore. Five foot nine, 175, 180 pounds. Coming out of high school, he was a four-star recruit. Wasn't even a high four-star recruit, but he hit some fantastic measurables coming out of high school. A verified out of high school 4.3340 yard dash. Now, on Twitter, I've I've had this sort of revelation that 40 time really doesn't matter as much as a 10 yard split. I want to see bursty, quick, explosive athletes. And I feel like the 10 yard split may measure and track that more than max velocity running in a straight line. I want to see how quick you are from start to 10 yards because that's where majority of the plays happen in the NFL. Rondell Moore has a very fast straight line time at 4.33, but he is also extremely explosive, evidenced by a 42-inch vertical jump coming out of high school, and it's really close to 43. I think it was like 42.7. He also had a 4.01 short shuttle, which is insane. Not only is he fast in a straight line, in tight spaces in that phone booth, he can make you miss. And if you've watched any of his highlights, he absolutely does not disappoint. So last year, let's just run through his statistics from last season. As a true freshman, as an 18-year-old, had 144 targets, 13 games, 114 receptions for 1,258 yards and 12 TDs through the air. Had 21 rushing attempts for 213 yards and two touchdowns. 33 kick returns for 662 yards. He returned 12 punts for 82 yards. He had over 2,200 all-purpose yards on the season as a true freshman in the Big Ten. It is absolutely insane the level of production this kid had. Rondell Moore also won numerous accolades, All-Americans across the board, consensus first-team All-American, ESPN, Sporting News, Sports Illustrated, everything that you can think of. And he also won the Paul Horning Award, which is given to college football's most versatile player as a freshman. He was one of the most electrifying players in the nation last year. And coming into this year, he's probably the most electrifying player coming into the 2019 season. He's a threat on offense, on special teams. He's been named preseason All-American by Athlon Sports as the all-purpose position. And going back to that Paul Horning Award, the last three offensive players to win that award in college football. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, and Odell Beckham Jr., and they all did it the year that they were leaving to go to the NFL draft, not as a true freshman. That's just how good he is. You know, the Heisman Trophy is given to the, to most of the times it's given to the best player on the best team heading into the college football playoffs, but the Paul Horning Award is given to college football's most 
versatile and explosive player, and that was freshman Rondell Moore. DLF has him ranked the fourth overall wide receiver. Dynasty Nerds has him ranked the number third, number three overall wide receiver as far as Debbie rankings. I'm telling you now, all right? You heard it here first. Midway through this college football season, Rondell Moore will be the Debbie wide receiver one. That's right, over Jerry Judy, over Jalen Rager. You know how much I love him, over Tyler Johnson, over Justin Ross. He will be the Debbie one. 01 at the wide receiver position. That's how freaking good he is. Now, it's easy for us to focus on everything he's not. He is not six foot four. He is not 225 pounds. But let's look at everything that he is. He's fast. He's powerful. He's athletic. He's got extreme acceleration. He's got vision, football smarts. I mean, what else do you want in a wide receiver besides the size? And, and I'll say, you know, the, the size does matter. But when you look at this past draft, who was draft? Who's the first wide receiver taken in the 2019 NFL draft? Marquise Hollywood Brown. And you know how tall he was? He was five foot nine. You know how much he weighed? 166 pounds. Rondell Moore is built thicker than Hollywood Brown. To me, he's a much better wide receiver in Hollywood Brown. He's probably just as explosive, just as fast. I if if Hollywood Brown can go in the 20s in the NFL draft. There's no reason to think that Rondell Moore can't be taken ahead of a, a Amon Ross St. Brown or Justin Ross or LaVisca Chenault if he decides to come back for a senior year. There's no reason why Rondell Moore can't do that. And I do not like to comp college players to damn near Hall of Fame NFL players. But to me, watching the game, Rondell Moore is a more explosive Steve Smith. That's who he reminds me of. And Steve Smith terrorized defenders in the NFL for a decade. And if I can have explosive, a more explosive Steve Smith on my roster, sign me up all day, every day. Go turn on the film and watch it. It's almost like when I watch Saquon Barkley. I didn't need to see him run. I didn't need to see any advanced analytics. I didn't need to see anything else except for a couple of plays of watching Saquon Barkley to know that that guy was going to be special at the next level. I feel the same way about Rondell Moore. I don't care what he runs, even though I know he's going to run fast. I don't care what he benches, even though I know he's going to be strong, as evidenced by the fact that he's already squatting. We got excited about Miles Garrett, a six foot five, 275 pound defensive end. I think he squatted 600 and something pounds on Instagram the other day. Well, Rondell Moore did that as well. Squatted 600 pounds at five foot nine, 180 pounds. I'm just, you don't have to overthink what he can do at the next level. But I do want to get into some some analytical and statistical stuff about his game and why it does translate. In the previous episodes, I've broken down certain prospects' plays, you know, between yardage, zero to three yards, four to seven yards, eight to 20 yards, and 20 yards and 20 yards or more. So for Rondell Moore in 2018, had 20 plays that went between zero and three yards, which made up about 15% of his production. He had 34 plays that gained between four and seven yards, which was 25% of his production. He had 52 plays that went between eight and 20 yards. 52 plays that gained between eight and 20 yards on the season, which made up 39% of his production. He also had 16 plays that went over 20 yards, which was 12% of his production. So, I mean, explosive 52 plays that went 8 to 20 yards. That's fantastic. 
He had a 31% receiving share for the Purdue Boilermakers last year, 37% dominator rating, and an 18.3 breakout age. He was doing all of this at 18 years old, which is insane. This kid is so special, all right? Now, I want to look at three of his highest targeted situations. So what down and distance was Rondell Moore targeted the most last year? Well, first and 10 was his most productive offensive situation. He had 14 rushing attempts and averaged 8.6 yards per carry on those rushing attempts. He had 53 targets on first and 10 situations. On those 53 targets, he produced 586 receiving yards. He averaged 11.1 yards per target and scored four touchdowns. He produced a first down on 38% of those touches. His second most productive down and distance situation was second and long. He had 22 targets on these situations that gained 178 yards, averaged 8.1 yards per uh, target, scored one touchdown, and produced a first down on 28% of those touches. His third most productive down and distance situation was second and medium, where he had 16 targets, produced 80 yards on those 16 targets, and had a first down on 44% of those touches. And then just for fun, let's look at third and medium. He had nine targets, which produced... 129 yards, averaged 14.3 yards per target on those situations, and scored two touchdowns. If you want to watch a game where Rondell Moore just displays everything that you'd want to see in a wide receiver, just type in Rondell Moore versus Ohio State, and he put on an absolute clinic as Purdue upset Ohio State 49-20 to in that game. He had 12 catches for 170 yards. He averaged 14.2 yards per catch, scored two touchdowns through the air, Also had two carries for 24 yards and three kick returns for 49 yards. He completely took that game over. If you want to see a game where a wide receiver just put on a freaking clinic, turn on Rondell Moore versus versus Ohio State, you will not be disappointed. Now, I said that he will be the Debbie wide receiver one. He will be the top dog for Debbie rankings by midway through the season. So who's he battling with? Well, Jerry Judy from Alabama, fantastic wide receiver prospect. I think that he is, uh, Rondell Moore is more explosive than Jerry Judy. He's more powerful than Jerry Judy. He may not be the route runner that Judy is, but his hands are equally as good. And I think scheme versatility in an offensive situation, you give the edge to Rondell Moore. Justin Ross, what does Ross have over Rondell Moore? And some people have Ross as their 2021 wide receiver one. I do not. Justin Ross is six foot four, 205 pounds. He doesn't have the speed that Rondell Moore does. He doesn't have the agility that Rondell Moore has. He doesn't have the route running ability that Rondell Moore possesses. He's just bigger. He's a bigger wide receiver and a better offense with one of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen in college football in Trevor Lawrence. You give Rondell Moore Trevor Lawrence and it would be absolutely ridiculous what he can do. CeeDee Lamb out of Oklahoma, LaVisca Chenault, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Rager. Love all of those guys. I would take Rondell Moore over each and every single one of the CeeDee Lambs, LaVisca Chenault, Tyler Johnson, and Jalen Rager. And you guys know how I feel about Jalen Rager. That's how special this prospect is. And this season, it's easy to say there's no way he can reproduce what he did last year. 144 targets, 114 receptions. Well, let me tell you right now, Purdue has nothing on offense as far as the wide receiver position. They have a bunch of freshmen at wide receiver. So it is not inconceivable to think Rondell Moore could get 150, 160 targets 
And if he improves on a 114, you know what? Hell, even if he regresses, if he drops from 114 receptions to 90, a, a big freaking deal. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's in line for another 100 catch season in college. I mean, that's one of the most impressive starts from a wide receiver at the Division I level in the history of college football. And this kid is only getting better. He's only getting better. He's only getting stronger. He's only getting faster. So you may call it a hot take, but I'll stand by it, damn it. Rondell Moore, before the end of the 2019 college football season, Debbie wide receiver one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We'll be landing in just a few minutes. All right, that's going to do it for the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Rondell Moore, USC Trojans, Debbie Startup Strategy. I appreciate you guys. You know how I feel. I appreciate every ear. And I'll just say this. Listen, I want to give away a jersey. But more so than anything, I don't ask for financial support. I don't ask for any type of monetary commitment. All I would like you guys to do is go on iTunes and rate the show, review it. If you don't want to give it a five-star, if you think it's a four-star show, give me a four-star rating. If you think it's a five-star show, give me a five-star rating. I want to spread this word to as many people as possible, and it only takes a couple of seconds. Those reviews, those stars, those ratings mean a ton for us podcasters and a ton for the quality of the show that we can continue to put out, the quality of guests that I can ask to come on this show. So please, I'm just asking you, take a couple of minutes of your time, click a star, write something nice, and if you screenshot it to Destination Debbie, you're entered for a free jersey giveaway. Other than that, I hope you guys are great. Uh, Stay positive, be blessed, stay safe out there, and until next time, you know what's next. I'm done. Drop the music.